0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccemment.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22 is where we left off last time. Verse 26, and, and... it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so the Lord spoke to him, let him know that you are not going to die until the Messiah comes. Now, we don't have that promise again. We don't, we're not going to get that because we don't know the day or the hour, right? It's, 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 it's patterned after the Galilean wedding feast where the bridegroom could come at any moment unexpectedly. We always expect him to come. But we don't know the day or the hour or the time or the season. And, and yet here's a guy who did have this promise from the Lord. You are going to know before you die, before your eyes close forever, you're going to see the Lord's Christ. Now, uh, this is what this is is what we would call this is a prophetic word of knowledge from the Lord. He, he's given a, a prophecy that he's going to see this, but he also is given a word of knowledge, something that he normally wouldn't know something that he couldn't know. And, and this is something that the Lord still does today. In fact, my wife and I received a prophetic word of knowledge that we were going to have a child, you know, I've shared that story before. And, and then two more ladies spoke that over my wife a month before we actually conceived the baby. And after waiting, you know, seven, eight years, I guess eight years by the time the second one came, the Lord fulfilled his promise to us. You know, the Lord still speaks to us. He still does these things to us. You know, one interesting thing that happened to me was Pastor Jesse, who's the pastor at Calvary Chapel Homer now. He was my assistant for eight years. Now, when Jesse first came to Calvary Chapel Emmett, I said some things in a sermon that really offended him. And so it was kind of a bumpy start as we started out. And, you know, it worked out. Long story. I'm not going to tell that story now. Anyway, early on, as I got to know Jesse and Kathy... The Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, This guy's going to be a big part of your ministry, or a big part of the ministry here at Calvary Chapel. And I thought, Oh, cool. And so I tried to involve, I mean, I tried to get him involved in youth group. I tried to get him involved in other things, and it just wasn't sticking. And and then he just kind of checked out, and I didn't see him for the better part of a year. And and I just waited on the Lord. And then, lo and behold, the Lord brought him back, and and then the Lord did use him. But I just kind of, I I remember thinking to myself, Man, I really thought I heard the Lord. I really thought. That, that he was going to be a part of the ministry. And after that, when I, the Lord tells me something like that, I kind of learned, okay, I'm just going to ride this out because, you know, the, the Lord, he, when he speaks things like that, he's going to fulfill them in his own time, right? And so I've waited. I, I, I had the Lord tell me something about a family that left the church. He told me they're going to be back. How long did it take for them to come back? About 10 years. But they came back. Just like the Lord told me. And so I just kind of learned to be patient on those things. To wait on those things and to wait on the Lord. And and he does that. Psalm 25, 14 says, The secrets of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. And the Lord does. He speaks to those who draw close to him. And so it says, verse 27, So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law. And so it tells us, this is kind of interesting, it tells us that by the Spirit, it's like the Spirit woke him up that morning or, or the Spirit prompted him to go. Go to the temple. And so he got himself ready and he went. He was expecting. The Lord was telling him to go. It reminds me of a story of Edwin Orr. Edwin Orr was a revivalist and, and he basically was living a life just trusting the Lord. You know, he'd go and speak and just go wherever he felt like the Lord was telling him to go, and just kind of had all these miracles happen. And he published a book about all the things that God did. I think it was called God Can or something like that. And somebody criticized him, and they said, well, of course, you know, Mr. Orr, you, you know, of course the Lord's providing for you. You're in England, you're, you're in, in Europe. You know, people here are generous, and they're Christians. This is a Christian nation. He said, fine. So he booked himself a, a train to go to Moscow, a non-Christian nation. And, and as he was going around, he felt like he saw the Lord provide for him miraculously wherever he went. Well, he ended up in Copenhagen, in Denmark. And he was, he was there just kind of wondering. He had a buck left. He had to get off the train because he had no more money. And so he, he goes out to the city square and it started to snow. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so he took his bag that he had and he shoved it behind a, a park bench next to a candy store. And, and he went out into the, the open square and he just prayed. Well, then it occurred to him that he'd heard of a man who lived in Copenhagen who, whose name was Sorensen. And he was like, oh, that, yeah, there was a guy named Sorensen that a friend of mine told me about, but I think that he's a, he's a solid Christian and he's well connected with the churches around here. Maybe I can talk to him and maybe I can get some meetings going or something like that. And so he went to the phone book and found out that Sorensen in Copenhagen is like Smith in the United States. There was four pages of Sorensen's, and he's like, "Lord, help me! I don't even know where to start." And then he remembered. It's like the Lord put it into his memory. The guy's name was Nels or Niels Niels Sorensen. It's like, okay. And so he got to the ends and he looked it up, and there was five Nels Sorensens or Niels Sorensens. And so he looked for the one that looked like the closest. Looked at the city map, see if he could find out where it was, and he went. And he knocked on the door. He only had a dollar. He didn't want to make phone calls because he didn't want to use his money. So he went and knocked on the door. And a woman answers the door. And she only speaks Danish. And he's trying to speak to her. And she's trying to speak to him. And she gets frustrated and finally just slams the door in his face. And so as he's walking away, the door flies open. And she says, Whatever, in Danish, sir, get back here or whatever, you know, gets his attention and he turns around and she says, You, you. And she has a book, his book that he just published three weeks earlier and a picture of him on the back. You, you. And he, he says, Yeah. He, he goes into the house and she calls up her husband who does speak English and she puts him on the phone with her husband. And, and the, the, the guy says, My wife thought you were a crazy man, you know, at the door. <laughs> But now she's asking if she want, you want to stay for dinner and he says you know this is amazing. He says I got your book just last week from a woman who's part of the China Inland Mission. She gave it to me. She says you have to read this. He says I read it in a week and I started to pray, Lord send this man to Copenhagen that he might speak to our youth here. He says I had no idea you come so quickly. And he says, then you're calling me from my own home. And so he, he said, you know, I'll, I'll stay there. When I get home, you can have lunch with us and have dinner with us. And so he came home. They ate lunch. Later on, they ate supper. And then he says, I insist you cancel your reservations wherever you're staying. I want you to stay and in, in, I'm going to put you up in a hotel. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And he says, well, let me go with you so I can apologize for canceling the reservations. He's like, oh, that's fine. I can take care of it. So he went and found his bag, dusted it off. And then went, went to the hotel. Now, when they got to the hotel, it was a Christian man who owned the hotel. And he says, we're completely full except for one giant family suite. But I'll give that to you. I'll only charge you the regular rate. And so the man paid the rate. He went up there. Now, he'd been praying for a bed because he hasn't slept in a bed for several weeks now. And he'd been praying for a bed. And when he opens the door, there were five beds. <laughs> and so he said, I slept in all of them. <laughs> I wanted to see which one was the most comfortable. Confused the the nursemaid when she came in later. But but Simon seems to be giving this heads up to go. The Lord's calling him to go up to the temple. He starts to head there for this appointment. In verse 28, it says, He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Notice this language. He's saying, now I can die. He, he, this kind of get, lets us know, kind of clues us in that he's an older man. Because I don't think young men are like, okay, now I can die. you know. He's an older man. And, and he, he's, he's been waiting for this. He's probably very old. He probably feels like he's ready to die. But he feels as though he now has accomplished what the Lord has called him to in his life. And I wonder when I hear that, ha, have I accomplished what I feel like the Lord has wanted to do in my life? Am I in that mindset, okay, Lord, I've done what you asked me to do, now I'm ready to go home and be with you? You know, I think that that's a question we should all ask ourselves. You know, not that it would necessarily be something radically different than we're already doing. You know, maybe the Lord has you where you're at in whatever job you're doing, and and He has you there because God has everybody in places, in, in workforces, in different places, in different industries, so that we can be a light and a witness in those places and industries. But perhaps the Lord has something different for you to do. You know, I never thought I would be doing this, for sure. But I wonder if we would offer that to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do with my life? Is this what you want me doing? Or do you want to do something radically different with my life? Lord, show me where you want me to be. Show me where you want me to go. Show me how I could be used. And I think a lot of us would be surprised at the way that the Lord would use us. You know, I do talk to a lot of people, and I think one of the number one questions that that people ask a pastor, especially young people, is how do I know what God's will is for my life?